What's up, friends? Happy Monday. Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about a new partner alert we have over at DNVR, Solace Meds. And not only are they a premium dispensary for you guys with smoking hot deals, but Solids Meds has four convenient locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Col- one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from East Colfax from the DNVR bar. And guys, they've got an awesome deal going on that ends this week. Right now, they're giving away a trip to Jamaica in the month of April. Not kidding you at all. Giving away a trip to Jamaica. So what do you have to do to do that? Well, head into one of their six locations. They also have two in Oklahoma City and sign up to win that trip to Jamaica. They'll give you the details on how to enter or you can visit www.solacemeds.com slash sweepstakes to find out the rules or just head into any location and ask a bud tender how you can enter to win. So head over to the DNVR bar that just had a couple blocks away and enter into Solace Meds and get into that trip to Jamaica. They're make you cannab- your cannabis shopping experience easy. So head to their website, view their menu, order online, and pick up at your convenience. So head to solacemeds.com and purchase from there. And the seven-day trip to Jamaica is all-inclusive, and it's a trip to paradise. Solace Meds is located just blocks east of Colfax from the DNVR bar, off-Broadway, Reet Ridge, and Fort Collins. And when you make your purchase, be sure to use the code DNVR20 to save 20% off your entire purchase. There's no better way to celebrate this month of April, which includes 420, and getting in with Solace Meds. And, of course, use that magical code DNVR20 for 20% off and enter in a trip to Jamaica. No purchase necessary. Open to legal residents of Colorado, 21 and over and 18 and over in Oklahoma. Ends 4-30-21, so get in there soon. Official rules, www.solacemeds.com slash sweepstakes. Void where prohibited. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And it is draft week. So pumped for this week to roll around and so pumped for all of you that are joining us here. I've got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Time and time again, the thing that will protect you against economic downturn is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers. And you can go build your toolbox over at MSU Denver Online. And they don't care whether you're in, in class or virtual. It's all the same degree to them. So make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver online. Mace, my boy, what's up? Happy draft week, my friend. Yeah, thank goodness it's finally here. We're you know, <laughs> T minus three days until the draft. I find myself thinking back to the 
first draft that I covered back in 2000 and uh, was working for the league site, helping put in the picks and monitoring some uh, online chats right there at the theater at Madison Square Garden in New York City, where they were holding the draft at the time. But you got into day two and the once robust gallery of day one, because it was only two days at the time, had thinned out to just a few stragglers hanging out and watching the draft. And it was about the fifth round or so. And it took a while for a pick to be announced. And some some guy sounded like he was from Brooklyn, just leaned back in his chair and said, Make the pick already! <laughs> and that's how I feel. Let's get to the draft already. This is just, oh. But Let's... by this time last year, Zach, we were done. It was over. The draft was done on this date uh, on this date in 2020. So I think my my rhythm is completely off a little bit because the draft should be done at least by last year's schedule. And it's not. Well, and one week from today, Mace, we'll know the entire Broncos class. We'll be breaking it down. Will it include a first round quarterback? We will know in one week. And Mace, the first, the first draft that I covered was uh, the first pick that I ever covered was one Paxton Lynch. And, uh, you know, it's only been uphill since at least. So I guess that's good. Uh, And Mace, speaking of quarterbacks, lot of quarterback news coming out this weekend. I've been talking to sources. You've been talking to sources. uh, The national media has been talking to sources. And to me, I really think this is Really has been really good weekend for the Broncos if they want Justin Fields. And everything that I've heard, Mace, is that if they're going quarterback, that's their guy. And so I think everything that I've heard and everything that's been reported just points to that being very, very possible. And of course, we had the news come out yesterday from Ian Rappaport saying that he thinks the 49ers are narrowing in on two candidates, Mac Jones and Trey Lance. So not Justin Fields. We know that there's been a lot of hype around Justin Fields and Mace this weekend talking to multiple people. It was made pretty clear to me that, again, if the Broncos want a guy, it's Justin Fields. And so the most important thing is that he slides past that number three spot. And man, if this is true and Ian Rappaport's right, he's not going to be picked third. Yeah, he won't be picked third. Then the question is, is he going to be picked fourth? What do the Falcons do? Do they, do they stand pat? Do they pick Kyle, they stand pat, pick a quarterback, or they pick Kyle Pitts. We know they like Kyle Pitts, or do they trade down? And th- and once you get to pick three and then pick four is where the draft gets interesting. And the reason why four is interesting is because while the Falcons, I think, would love to have Kyle Pitts on their roster, they are also in a significant cap crunch that has prevent- prevented them from doing much of anything this offseason. They are uh, within uh, $3.5 million of the salary cap limit. Um, and what that means is they haven't been able to do much in the last month and a half. They're looking at holes on their roster immediately they need to fill, and they may need, and they may be in the position where they say, well, we need to accumulate picks this year. So does that make them more amenable to a trade down, perhaps? And uh, I, the thing is, I don't think that trade down would be with the Broncos. I would be shocked if they trade up to four. So that's one of those things that has a potential to put a a wrench in things is uh, if you're waiting on Atlanta and wanting to make sure that Atlanta picks and preferably Atlanta picks uh, Kyle Pitts uh, for the Broncos needs, 
if that happens, then I think you're in really good shape because when I don't think the Bengals are trading at five. The Bengals don't have a habit of trading down, even though it would make a lot of sense. And then pick six with Miami. We know that Chris Greer and George Payton have spoken. Our friend Benjamin Albright said that the, that one of the topics was about Miami initiating the possibility of a trade down from six to nine with the Broncos. And I kissed for, for giggles tossed out, uh, you know, on Twitter, a p- trade proposal that would make sense, which would be, which would be six and uh, 81 from Miami for picks nine and 40. So you Miami moves down three slots, turns a third rounder and a second rounder and kind of through the back channels, I was told that would make sense. The question is, could Miami get more from a more desperate team? Now the Broncos mm-hmm. have that ninth pick. So they have, let's not forget the most tangible asset in a trade up is the pick you are the picks you have this year. And with the ninth pick, the Broncos have a greater tangible asset than the bears, than Washington, than new England, because they're picking lower. The question is what those teams are willing to deal from future years, which is a little bit of guesswork based on draft draft position. The advantage the Broncos have in any negotiation is the nine pick is much more valuable than 15, 19 or 20. Yeah, you're exactly right, Mason. And uh, and I think we need to take a step back really quick. And something you said that I've heard as well is don't be looking at the fourth overall pick for the Broncos to make the move because that would cost a first round pick, potentially a first round pick plus, as we discovered on our exercise this past week on on Three Ring Circus. So that's not where it would be. But the good news is we haven't heard any buzz about Justin Fields to Atlanta. We've heard some Trey Lance buzz to Atlanta, but that doesn't matter. If, if, if If Justin Fields is there for, I'm not concerned concerned that the that the Falcons are going to take him so you're right he falls to five at five the the Bengals have had no history of trading down in past drafts they're going to want their guy so if he's there at six that's the spot to watch and Mace I just think because of the quarterback premium the Broncos would have to give up more than your than your trade proposal I think it may just straight up be a second round pick I wouldn't even be surprised if it's a second round pick this year so 940 and then next year's third round pick or something like that but to me not giving up a first round pick would be huge and if you make that move to six you guarantee he's going to be there and I think there's going to be that extra quarterback premium specifically with that six seven pick because today we have Tom Pelissero coming out and saying that several teams are looking to jump into the top 10 for a quarterback specifically. And one of those teams, he said, was the New England Patriots who could have their eyes on Justin Fields. And just like you said, Mace, the great thing about the Broncos is if the Dolphins move back and, and, and do make a trade to move back so some team can go up and get uh, Justin Fields, the great thing is... Miami would only have to move back three spots. They could still get their Devontae Smith. They could still get Jalen Waddell. I would think Kyle Pitts will be off the board by them, but maybe Jamar Chase is there for them. They could still get an elite wide receiver, which is what everyone thinks they want, by only moving back there. If they move back to 15, they're probably going to lose that guy uh, and not be able to get him. So the Broncos have that big advantage. But what this also says to me, Mace, is, the Broncos, if if he's there, if Justin Fields is there at six, and I've heard he is their guy, and he they would make a move up for him, and maybe only him, make the move. It, don't just think, oh my gosh, this is falling great for us. It, he's there at six. We can wait for him to be there at nine because everything points that no, it, someone is going to make a trade, and Miami is a good trade candidate, not just for the Broncos, but for other teams. I think Miami's the best trade candidate for the Broncos. 
seven with, with Detroit. I think that's a good trade candidate for other teams. And eight, you could also see the Panthers move back. So you can't wait there at, at nine, hoping that Justin Fields falls. If you get lucky and he doesn't go at four, well, just, just run to the bank and cash that ticket in at six. Well, uh, here's the thing about the sixth pick as well. Number one, I mentioned the, the Greer and Peyton Bond. They're, they have known each other going back to Miami nearly two decades ago. They worked together with the Dolphins. And so that's why I don't think you can, you can diminish the significance of the fact that, they've, that they have talked in the last right. week. And, they, and the two of them are, are likely, kind of on paper, but they're likely to work out a deal that is mutually beneficial for both parties. The interesting thing, of course, is you talk about the Patriots getting in there. And a deal with the Broncos that prevented the Patriots from getting a quarterback would be of some significant benefit to the Miami Dolphins. I do not think that Chris Greer, even though a long time ago he worked for the Patriots and Brian Flores worked for the Patriots, I do not think they are in the business of doing a favor to the New England Patriots and their bid to get a quarterback that they may covet. No, so, I, I agree. And, and that's and that is something that also helps the Broncos. So I uh, I mean, consider me shell shocked if the Dolphins deal with the Patriots and allow them to get the to get the quarterback, which then means the competition to move up are two teams that are sitting at nineteen and twenty. And effectively mm-hmm. that, you know, they're the, the Dolphins may be a team, Zach, that only have 16 players with first round grades. And if that's the case, then maybe Miami looks at Chicago at 19 uh, or, or Chicago at 19, Washington at 20 or, 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 or vice versa, my bad, and says, okay, that's, that's a bridge too far. And but, then we're sitting but. at nine makes sense. Mace, I totally agree that the Dolphins probably aren't trading with the Patriots in order for them to land their franchise quarterback. But what you can't do is then just say he's going to fall to nine because the right. Detroit Lions at seven would be willing to deal with the Patriots. The The Carolina Panthers have no reason not to deal with the Patriots. So that's why you take well, you take everything that's good and just move up to six right there. doesn't cost you a first-round pick. And here's the thing also. You mentioned the Lions and the Patriots. The Lions more than willing to deal, I think, or the Panthers, sorry. And the Panthers at eight, they have, you know, there have been reports they're going to give the fifth-year option to Sam Darnold, but they have not officially said they are giving the fifth-year option to Sam Darnold. I think we all assume it, but it may not necessarily happen. Carolina is not out of the woods when it comes to the quarterback position. You can't sit there at nine and assume that Carolina isn't going to go quarterback. No. That's that's something that is still very much in play. And so – there are there are a lot of reasons why if the as long as the Falcons stand pat and don't go quarterback, don't go Justin Fields, six is the spot is the spot that makes sense. And hey, six has produced uh, more Hall of Fame players than most spots in the top ten. As, I love as, it. Uh, as was once said on Seinfeld, six is good. You like six? <laughs> six? Six could be very good for the Broncos and George Payton on Thursday night. And may some something else that 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 I heard. There, there's two things. One is that maybe the Trey Lance 
to Denver hype isn't as much. And I do think that it's not what where it, you and I talk about it. Trey Lance and Justin Fields, to me, either are fantastic. I think you're the same. You 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 favor Fields a little more. I feel Lance a little more. Uh, from what I was told, I don't think the Broncos view it the same way. I think Fields is clearly their guy, and they're intrigued with Lance, but I think so much so that we haven't talked about Mac Jones much. And I, I think that Mac Jones and Trey Lance are actually on a similar level in terms of the Broncos' eyes. Well, while they may be kind of neck and neck, you have Justin Fields above them. So, and what we, what we, what we know about about George Payton is he's not just going to take a quarterback to take a quarterback. So I think the guy that really is going to be the the quarterback for the Broncos in this draft, if they get one, is Justin Fields. Let's say Trey Lance is sitting there at nine. I wouldn't be shocked to see a trade back for the Broncos for a quarterback team and maybe the Bears, uh, the the Washington football team. So that that's kind of what I heard this weekend. And Mace, we have some people in the comment section as well, really asking about this Jordan Love rumors okay. coming out today. Uh, and to me, all I've seen about that is that I believe uh, FanDuel uh, – put just or put Jordan Love as the Broncos the the favorite for him to go to that's not okay. a rumor that that's just that that that's just a, a site putting that up there that, that, there's not much yeah. to that to put it kindly um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use the same word as, as you did Zach on Friday that stunned all of us shooting the ship uh there this this FanDuel article this is throwing crap at the wall right that's all that that that's what this is this isn't this isn't a rumor this is somebody just this is somebody just saying okay even though it says jordan love trade rumors this is just throwing out three possibilities there is no there's no indication that jordan love is on the on the radar for the broncos even though i will say this if the broncos didn't get justin fields trey lance or mac jones and they want to add to the room would Jordan Love make sense? Yes, he would. Even and but this is Ugh. not some this is not something that I that I think has more than a 0.05% chance of happening. This is not something that is realistic. This is just tossing out, hey, uh, they might it might make sense, but there's absolutely nothing to uh, the notion that Jordan Love is high on the Broncos priority list. Remember what they're what the Broncos are looking for is somebody who can improve the room, somebody who is more who they believe is more than what they yeah. have in Drew Locke. Jordan Love is not that type of prospect right now. Yeah, no, you, you're exactly right, Mace. He he is not, and so don't worry, don't put anything behind that. Yes. At least for right now, that that is just uh, a company, and they're getting buzzed by by putting that out. So don't worry about that. We're not going to talking about it. The fact that people are talking about it in the comment section, we t- we just had to mention it here. They won. They got they got what they wanted, and that's you know, what I was that's yeah, what I was going to say. We're yeah. done talking about it. <laughs> yeah, you know that you know that meme that's like, here's that attention you were seeking. Well. There you go. You <laughs> yep. Congratulations. Happy Monday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, Mace, you said that it, the Broncos want to bring in competition, somewhat, someone that's an upgrade. They believe Justin Fields would be that upgrade. Don't really know how much competition that would be and what that would look like. But let's say Justin Fields does.
does go four. Atlanta takes him or Atlanta trades with someone else other than the Broncos, takes Justin Fields, and the Broncos' draft plans then drastically change because instead of moving up and getting Justin Fields, like I said, I'm at the point now from what I heard this weekend where if Trey Lance is on the board at nine, I'm taking him. I think you're taking him. We're all taking him. I'm not yeah. quite sure the Broncos are taking him. Uh, and so even if he's there, and, and especially if quarterbacks aren't there, I think the Broncos are going to be trying to trade back. But then what does that mean for the quarterback comp- competition? I, I really think that we're narrowing in on Justin Fields or Teddy Bridgewater. And I think it was Peter King that had some buzz about Teddy Bridgewater either this morning or this weekend saying he wouldn't be surprised uh, if Teddy Bridgewater uh, is dealt to the Broncos during the draft. And Mace, we've kind of said that for weeks now is that that is what could happen if the Broncos don't get a first round quarterback Teddy Bridgewater being traded to the Broncos and so I think that's we're kind of narrowing in on those two possibilities Justin Fields being there at six making the trade up to get him if not wait till day two end of day two day three of the draft for the Broncos to trade a third fourth fifth rounder for Teddy yeah now let me ask you this Zach because this is something that uh, I heard about a couple of days ago and again uh some of these things that that you start hearing from different people, some of it contradicts the other stuff, so you don't know uh, <laughs> uh, what to believe. But um, the possibility of drafting somebody and then still trading for a veteran, yep, is something that, believe it or not, is in play as well. Yep, and yep. some of the, and they because they they may look at someone that they draft and say, okay, is Drew Lock the best partner? For this guy, even hey, I would love a, a Fields lock competition. I think Zach, you you would you would agree on that? Absolutely. Um, Peter King in his mock draft spoke of a of a Trey Lance Drew Lock competition when he mocked uh, Lance to the Broncos and suggested that uh, Lance could take the job by Halloween. But it's possible they may look at the landscape if they get uh, if if they get a, a player like. Justin Fields, whether they move up or stand pat and say, all right, uh, maybe we need a different type of, of quarterback with experience in there. And that's, and that's where, even if they draft a Justin Fields, the door may not be closed on Teddy Bridgewater. The door probably isn't even closed on Gardner Minshew being a Denver Bronco as well. If they view those types of quarterbacks as better fits to help the development of a Justin Fields, uh, than Drew Locke being on hand. So th- it could, it's something where the whole quarterback complexion of that, that the complexion of that room may not be done, even if the Broncos pick Justin Fields there in the top 10. And Mace, I would love if the Broncos went out, traded for or traded up, got Justin Fields, and then traded a fifth round pick, fourth round pick for Teddy Bridgewater. And why I would love that isn't because necessarily I'd love Teddy Bridgewater starting week one while Justin Fields is still developing. That's not the sexiest move, but it would be a 100% commitment to the quarterback room. We've seen 25% commitments uh, since Peyton Manning retired uh, to the quarterback room. And that gets you, you know, five straight years of missing the playoffs. That gets you four straight losing seasons. That's what it gets you. So this would be a huge commitment to the quarterback room. And I would absolutely love that. And yeah, what, what we see is we would see Teddy Bridgewater be a very good guy in the room for Justin Fields. We would see Teddy Bridgewater be able to get the team to, you know, 
four and two in the first Mm -hmm. six games if Justin Fields still needs some time. But then Justin Fields would clearly take over. And having Drew Locke and Justin Fields, while it would be exciting, it doesn't make the most sense in Mm -hmm. terms of what your quarterback room would look like. So not only are we talking about a trade up to get Justin Fields, a trade to get Teddy Bridgewater, we're also probably talking about a trade to send Drew Locke somewhere right. else. And maybe yeah. it's the Lions. There's there's a lot of teams that would make sense. Maybe it's the Falcons if they go Kyle Pitts and then they mm-hmm. kind of get their developmental guy. But what we're talking about Drew probably not being here. Mm-hmm. And the Broncos could absolutely and, and rightfully so build it as this is the best thing for us. This is also the best thing for Drew because Drew would clearly not be in the Broncos plans this year, next mm-hmm. year, the next five years. And that we're talking about, you know, uh, late third round pick a fourth round pick maybe at the end what you trade for Teddy Bridgewater is what you get for Drew Locke so it's kind of a wash there yeah and the other interesting thing when we start talking about like all trades back and forth maybe maybe you're looking at that trade-up scenario that involves getting an extra mid-round pick back so it's two picks for two picks so George Payton could start a deal with nine picks in this year's draft and end it with nine picks if you trade for Teddy Bridgewater and then you trade away Drew Locke, you've still got you, you've still got nine picks, and that allows you to maybe make another trade down at some point and get to what appears to be a little bit of a magic number of 10. That's basically previewing the article I'm writing today on the DMVR about uh, George about the, the history of the Vikings uh, with George Payton there in terms of what they're doing. He talked a little bit about that last week. That's kind of the launching point for what I'm getting into on these on these draft trades. But Pick accumulation, even if you're talking about getting later later round picks back in order to move up, is something that is part and parcel of George Payton's thinking. So you might all this, you might make all the all this wheeling and dealing. You might transform the quarterback room, and then the result of it might be you still have at least as many picks as you came into the draft with. And that's, and and that's something that would make George Payton smile because as he's talked about, he wants all the darts, just figures it's more chance to hit the bullseye. And he, and he views sixth and seventh round darts as having some value as well. Even in a year where this draft class, you get to round five, six, and seven, doesn't necessarily appear, appear as, as deep as other years. And yes, Jared, you can get a, 75 that's super chat jared coming yes. in for all of us to give us a 75 hey. i absolutely love it and and we we had the comment section blowing up for a second yes. talking about you know who would beat out drew lock and camp mm-hmm. if they brought in a rookie and also mac jones's accuracy yes mac jones that the point was brought up that mac jones uh was not accurate on his pro day missed a couple passes that is true mac jones is very accurate and and that's a reason why that's one of the reasons why San Francisco may grab him at three so j- just jumping in mm-hmm. the chat there and Mace really quick let's say the Broncos don't make two trades it's just one trade move up get mm-hmm. fields of the guys the Broncos could draft so not Zach Wilson yeah. not Trevor Lawrence and let's just say that the other three guys have a chance of, of being drafted by the Broncos what what do the odds stack up like with Drew Locke competing with all three of those guys? Who would win a competition in week one? Okay. Uh, first of all, I'd say let's start with Lance and Locke. Um, Lan- Lance and Locke. It sounds kind of like Lance and Locke. The Lance and Locke competition. There, there's your headline right there. Uh, Drew Locke's the favorite. I would say 
you'd probably give Trey Lance at best at best four to one odds to win that competition. Ooh, and I would take those odds, but I think you're right. Drew Locke yeah. would be would be the favorite for sure. Trey Lance is just the straight up the right. most raw guy in, in this draft, and maybe even going back to multiple rounds and including multiple rounds in this draft there. Um, although I wouldn't be sh- – th- this, this is the one that you don't really want to see. This is the one that you want to see a veteran brought in to, to help Trey Lance. But yeah. if it's just these two guys, then yeah, Drew gets the, mm-hmm. the nod. Yeah, Mac Jones and Justin Fields are more interesting. And the thing with those quarterback prospects that that may give a potential leg up, certainly I think Justin Fields has ha, has a leg up in terms of possible quarterbacks here uh, over Mac Jones and, and Trey Lance. But Jones and Fields appear to be more ready to go right away. And there there would be a path for either of them to beat out Drew Locke in training camp. Now that being and and that being said, you still have okay. What are OTAs going to look like? I th- I would be surprised, Zach, if when you get to phase two of OTAs, you don't see the Broncos reporting pretty close to on mass and being able to have practices in OTAs. So uh, I think I think you're gonna I th- in that phase of OTAs, which is you can't do team stuff right now anyway. Right now, uh, guys staying away from the facility, just doing things virtually. Uh, most of the roster staying away. That's not something that really means a heck of a lot at this point. That no. it, it it starts being something damaging on May 17th. But I think you'll see more guys back in there. And I I think what the NFLPA would love to see is OTAs distilled down to phase two and phase three as far as workout as far as bonuses and everything about being there in person. So I still think you're going to see plenty of work for the Broncos, the, the needed work that they have uh, in the off season, the needed work for any quarterback they bring in that, that would help. I would say probably uh, with, with both fields and Jones, they're more accurate passers than drew lock. than certainly than drew lock was coming out of Missouri it's it's entirely possible that they get in and they're more accurate passers than Drew Locke is right now. And that's something that I think is going to help both. I would say for field for fields instead of four to one, I'd give him I'd give him three to two odds, and I'd probably say the same for Mac Jones, about three to two odds that they take the job by week one. So Drew Locke is still the favorite with both still of those guys. Slight favorite. favorite. Still the favorite, but it's it's slight. It's it, he's better than a coin flip. But he, it's it's not something where you're, uh, pardon the pun, locking it in that he's a starter in week one. <laughs> right, and that's very fair. Mace, I would put Fields and Jones as the favorites over Drew. Maybe flip it. May, may, maybe three to two odds for Drew going up against those yeah. guys. I, I think they would come in, and yes, the offseason, the weird offseason would hurt them, but I still think by the time training camp rolls around, those guys would be able to win the job at the end of camp. And strangely, even though I think Fields is the more likely quarterback to Denver than Mac Jones, although our friend James Palmer uh, has got uh, Mac Jones and he in mock draft <laughs> yeah. that he did, um, I actually think that Mac Jones would have if, if we were going to like go beyond and save and beyond kind of straight up three or two and say is one slightly ahead of the other. I put Mac Jones ahead of Justin Fields just for this reason alone. He already has chemistry with Jerry Judy. He's not mm. starting from zero with Jerry Judy. Justin Fields is going to start from zero with every wide receiver. And so there's going to be some time to build up that chemistry and cohesion. 
and they're going to have to make sure they give him snaps. I mean, I, I would hope this. If they draft Fields or, or, or Mac Jones, Zach, I would hope, even though it may not make Drew Locke happy, if Drew Locke is still around, I would hope that they're splitting the snaps because you want to start that process of building, of building the timing. Mac Jones, of course, though, with, like I said with Jerry Judy, he has the leg up. He, there's not, he, he's probably going to lean on Jerry Judy heavily, and that might give him a chance to show just a little bit more in OTAs slash early training camp that gives him a, a better chance, a slightly better chance of winning the job in week one than Justin Fields. But I still think Fields is the guy with the higher ceiling. Still think he's the guy that brings a bit more to the offense because he does have the threat to take off and run once things break down. And Mac Jones doesn't bring that. It keeps coverages honest. You're gonna have you're gonna have to spy on Justin Fields if you're a defense. You you can't you don't need to spy on Mac Jones, but you're gonna need to spy on Justin Fields because he can do some of those Mahomes, Russell Wilson type thing, Josh Allen type things with his legs if he busts out and he can make an explosive play uh, with his legs. And that's one of the and that's for me, a big reason why I've got fields ahead of, of, of Mac Jones is because of that th- is because of, of that threat, that additional aspect that he brings to, uh, to, to playing quarterback. And also Justin Fields in terms of the accuracy metrics, Zach is right there with Mac Jones if, mm-hmm. when, when you dive in. So yeah. th- that, and that's another thing, like I said, these two quarterbacks stepping in are probably more accurate passers than Drew Locke has been to this point. Yeah, but without a doubt, Mace. All right, I want to wrap this conversation up with one more ranking. Rank those three guys in <laughs> terms of how likely they are to be drafted by the Denver Broncos. Obviously, taking Trevor Trevor right. Lawrence and Zach Wilson off the board. Okay, I'd say I'd st- I'd say Fields one, Lance two, Jones three. Okay, I, I like that. I'm going to take a similar ranking, yeah. but one change. Fields, the clear front right. runner, number one for the Broncos. Number two, I'm actually putting Mac Jones just from the conversations that I had. This shocks me too, Mace, because I, I did not think that this was the case, but I'm going to give the slight edge to Mac Jones from conversations that I had. And then I'm putting Trey Lance just right behind Mac Jones. But I think that the gap between one and two is huge, where the gap between two and three is extremely small. And one thing also when we're talking about these quarterbacks is uh, a reason why Fields is number one is because he brings the mix of high ceiling plus readiness to go fairly quickly and help yeah. fairly quickly. And when you bring the coaches input into that, the, the coaches, even though there's admiration for Trey Lance's skill set and potential, you've got a, a team that's coming off of you know, four consecutive losing seasons, two with this coaching staff together. So, so if you're on that side of, of the equation, you want somebody who could help you right now, upgrade right now. And Fields and Jones both bring that in some way, that up that potential upgrade right now. Whereas clearly with Trey Lance, even though there's a lot to like about the attributes he brings, the the jump that you'd be asking him to make from you know 
27 starts between high school and college from from North Dakota State to the NFL. Only one year, basically, as NDSU starting quarterback. That's something where, realistically, you're you're looking at it on the the Steve McNair type of plan because he came out of FCS as well and uh, was known as one double A at the time. And he was, and they didn't the the Oilers didn't deem him ready for to for three seasons until year three. I don't think it'd be that long for Trey Lance just because you can microwave things a little bit more in the past. But you're also if you draft if you draft Trey Lance, he's not somebody you're thinking about helping you this year. And you know in, in that in the coach's room, they want somebody who can help them right now. Justin Fields helps this team right now, and it's possible and. Justin Fields, you can you don't have to squint to see the possibility of Justin Fields leading this team into the into a wild card playoff game as a rookie with everything around him. And if they draft Mac Jones, I don't think you have to squint to see that possibility as well. That you're that you're there uh, in mid January going on the road at at Kansas City or Buffalo or Cleveland or Baltimore, and Mac Jones is leading the way too. But you don't see that with Trey Lance. Yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on there, Mason. Man, I'm so pumped for this. People in the comment section are so pumped. Yeah. It is popping off. I see you, Nagulator. Hey there. Yeah. And make sure if you're tuning in to us to go on YouTube because that's where the chat's popping off. That's where you get the best quality. And give us a like, a subscribe, and turn on those alerts to make sure you don't miss any live show. Thank you all so much for rolling with us on the live side of this. Mason and I are going to jump into the podcast section form where we go for about another hour or so. So make sure to subscribe. Just search Broncos on any platform. We're the first one that pops up on the podcast side of things. All right, Mace, everyone for tuning in to YouTube. Thank you so much. Thanks to everyone rolling with us on the pod side of things. And before we hop into the comment section, got to tell you about our friends Mike and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage. Not only are they diehard Broncos fans and proud CSU alums, go Rams, but they have supported DNVR for a long time as DNVR members. They are part of our family over here, and they're a husband-wife team with over 15 years of financial services experiences. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do so. And most most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options over at dnvrmortgage.com. And since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage, your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. They look at so much more than just one specific rate for a mortgage. They look at your whole financial picture. And Mike is a certified financial planner, so he has those skills to look at all of them. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free dnvr shirt or hat when you do and most importantly get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options over at dnvrmortgage.com michael chevalier nmls 1931006 virginia chevalier nmls 1910631 also want to tell you about our friends over at breckenridge brewery of course breckenridge brewery as you know is the official beer of dnvr but breck is no longer just about beer they're about seltzer good company hard seltzer comes in a beautiful Jokic 15 pack with some great flavors including apple pear cherry peach berry and what crusty the clown calls the the money melon that's honeydew so head on over to the breck beer locator on their website and see where the closest 15 pack of breckenridge brew 
good company hard seltzers is to you and go pick one up. The DMVR fam has been loving them for the past few weeks. They have not disappointed. Also, what doesn't disappoint is the farmhouse, the restaurant they've got down at their brewery in Littleton. It's right off of Santa Fe. If you order your meal and beer from the farmhouse, use that magical code DNVR and save $5 off your meal. That's DNVR, the magical code, five bucks off your meal over at the farmhouse. If you can go and eat in there, they're open for dining. If you're still more comfortable with just getting takeout, no problem. Call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. to pick up your order. They'll bring your order out to your car for you. And guess what? You can not only get some good food, you can get the full array of Breckenridge brews over when you order your meal from the farmhouse down at their brewery in Littleton. If you're outside the Denver area, no problem. You want to get some of those delicious Breck brews, check out the Breck beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website. And whether you're elsewhere in Colorado or you're somewhere around the country the odds are you're not going to be very far from someplace that's going to have those delicious brick brews i mean you can find them in atlanta you can find them in buffalo you can find them in pittsburgh you can find them in florida you can find them in los angeles just a few of the places that i've been to where i've looked to see hey can i get a taste of colorado here in wherever I'm traveling to and Breckenridge brew has been there so check out the breck beer locator and find out where you can get a taste of Colorado and a, case, a taste of, of Denver from our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, which of course is the official beer of DNVR. And speaking of DNVR, if you want all of our official coverage of DNVR, we would love it if you joined our family over at thednvr.com where the perks are endless. I mean, I could spend the next hour telling you about all the perks that you get, but what you get to do, first and foremost, you get to support us on this podcast. You get to support Mace. You get to support me. You get to support Ryan. That really, really helps us, guys. And there's a lot of perks for you as well. You get access to a members-only Discord, which this weekend, I had multiple people reach out to me and say, what is this Discord thing? It, it's it's not Twitter. I've heard it's a better place than Twitter to talk Broncos. Yes, it's a much better place to talk Twitter. A uh, lot of positivity, a lot of friendships that are going on in the Discord. So you get access to our members-only Discord. We get to talk to us. You get to talk to all of the diehard fans, and it's a great place to interact. There's stuff going on all the time there from people around the world. So you get access to that. You get to read all of our content, not just Broncos, but Nuggets, Avs, Rockies, Buffs, Call. Colorado Exos, Rams, you get it all over at the DNVR.com. And with an annual membership, you get a free DNVR shirt of your choice, guys. I'm rocking mine right now. It's a throwback DNVR or BSN Denver uh, Broncos shirt. You get your choice of whatever shirt you want. You get the beer, a big beer for the price of a small beer over at the DNVR bar. That's six ounces of free beer every single time you get one. And of course, you get the chance to jump on live streams with us, including the Reds zone during three ring circus and for the next couple hundred members who become an annual dnvr member you'll get a free recovery holistic stick from our friends over at holistic wellness and that stick packs 10 milligrams of cbd and this one is focused on recovery and on top of that what holistic wellness is giving all of our listeners is a 30 percent off if you use the code dnvr30 over at holisticwellness.com that's h-o-l-i-s-t-i-k wellness.com you'll get 30 percent off so make sure to check them out make sure to check us out we would love it if you gave us uh if you joined our family and when you do 
leave a comment on the pod and say hello. And how you do that, go to thednvr.com at the top of the page, click on podcast, click on Broncos podcast, click on the most recent podcast that we posted. It'll be the one at the top. Scroll to the bottom. And if you remember, a comment section will magically appear. And Mace, let's jump into those comments. First one coming in from NDAC Logan. He says, hey guys, hope all is well. Zach, I would have voted for your late round, but but or I would have voted for you, but your late round picks, but I would drew because you mentioned Chris Cooper from my alma mater, the University of North Dakota, also known as the better football school in North Dakota and holds a 62, 48 and three all time record against the imposters from the South. Anyways, I can't believe you didn't pick Cooper. He was awesome. Anyways, my question today is what is your guys's favorite sport to watch outside of football? And what is your favorite team in said sport? Mine is the Nuggets and I love them more than life itself. If they win the finals, I will probably cry and I don't cry at all. Thanks a ton. Thanks Dak Logan for chiming in. Yeah. By the way, when you rank, when, when Logan, you referenced the series, I had to go look up the history of the North Dakota, North Dakota state series. Did you know that there's a trophy given to the winner called the nickel trophy? Oh, I did not know. Yes. What is it uh, over like the, the metal nickel? Yeah, it's it's an oversized 75 pound replica. Oh, I should have said it right. An oversized 75 pound replica <laughs> of the Buffalo nickel with a buffalo on one side representing the NDSU bison and Native American head on the other side representing North Dakota, who, of course, until 2012, bore the nickname of the Sioux, the fighting Sioux. So the, the thing is, though, I mean, you look at the at the at the series history and, you know, North Dakota, North Dakota State, yes, they trail in the series, but uh, the three most recent games that they've played, 34-9, 38-7, 34-13 for North Dakota State over North Dakota. So UND's got some, uh, they've got some work to do because uh, since the two, uh, the two programs moved, have both moved up and are both in Division One FCS, it's been NDSU. The, the Sioux's got to more, some, or not the Sioux. They're the Fighting Hawks now, my bad. And you should know that, Zach, being in since uh, DU and, U, and uh, UND are in the same conference. The Fighting Hawks have some work to do. Man, I got to get used to Fighting Hawks in North Dakota. I can't, I, I, it's, I, it's hard. I'm sorry. It's, it's hard for me to, to, to get used to a new nickname. My apologies. <laughs> no one's, no one's crushing you on that one, Mace. We still got to worry about the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, but that's, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's a pretty awesome trophy. Yeah. That is, even that though is. it's, re- even though they officially retired the trophy in 03, because that's when they stopped playing every year because NDSU moved up to D1 and then North Dakota followed uh, for all sports. North Dakota has been division one for hockey, of course, forever. So According to this on Wikipedia, the trophy remains retired and sits at the Heritage Center in Bismarck. So maybe they got to come up with a new trophy. But that's mm-hmm. that is a pretty mm-hmm. cool looking trophy. I'm looking at the uh, the 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 Buffalo nickel side of it. That is that is pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty awesome. That, <laughs> that is cool. And you know, North Dakota has won it more than South Dakota. Yeah, of course. Uh, Who's, who's the best North Dakota or North Dakota state alum in Bronco history? Like uh, Logan mentioned, it's it's Chris Cooper. No yeah, doubt. So I'm Stay sorry for letting team. you down, Logan. And uh, yeah. hey, but I was the only one that mentioned him. So you, you couldn't give me love for, for at least mentioning him. Well, he was part of he was part of that great draft of uh, 06. Although the thing I remember, this is one of my draft misses. 
they picked another offensive lineman from not too far away in that draft. And that was Greg Esslinger out of the university of Minnesota. And I thought he was going to be the stud late round lineman from that draft. And boy, was I wrong. Chris Cooper quickly showed that he had a lot to bring. And uh, had he not had that absolutely awful leg injury on new year's day, 2012, uh, when the Broncos were facing the chiefs and they played in the playoffs next week, Zach, I think Chris Cooper would have played longer, and I think he would have had an all-pro appearance mm-hmm. at some point in, in his career. And uh, sadly, he was never the same after that injury. But, boy, he was he was good for a while, really good. And, and now he's back with the organization as Mike Munchak's right-hand guy hopefully helping Garrett Bowles out. Yeah, and hopefully Cooper is learning everything because if he just so – and marinates in all of Mike Munchak's teachings. Maybe Chris Cooper becomes the next Mike Munchak as an offensive line guru. That would be pretty awesome too. That that certainly would be. So Mace, who's your favorite team? Uh, what's your favorite sport to watch? And uh, um, what's your favorite team? I'm I'm gonna guess for you. I'm gonna say baseball and the Braves. Correct. Although <laughs> I do. I mean, I, I I love other sports. I love watching. Uh, I love watching soccer. I love watching Manchester City in particular. Um, love uh on on ice hockey specifically love watching the tampa bay lightning um and uh, I, and then college basketball i absolutely adore as well um but there's not a sport that i don't really that i don't take some value uh, out of but ba- baseball is the one and i mean this is just kind of evidence of me yesterday sitting through fort while i'm doing stuff around the house sitting through 14 innings of the braves getting one hit in a double header Losing both games, only getting one hit, one bleep bleep hit, as as Bob Uecker said in Major League in two seven inning games. I mean, that's that's insane. Why did I do that to myself? It's awful. <laughs> it's awful. Maze, I'm going with you. I'm I'm going baseball, and and I'm gonna go the Rockies. Um, you know the the Nuggets are close there, but man, something about summertime baseball is great. Now it's tough to say that this year when you know you have the Abs and the Nuggets doing great, and the Rockies not doing great. But uh, yeah. I'll stick with Rockies. Yeah, it's and that's a great choice too. And um, one of the things that's so disappointing about how the team is is owned is um that this is, this is a pretty good baseball town if you had an organization that from the top down had the commitment and the innovation to win. I mean, yep. I've said over and over, if you took the, the Tampa Bay Rays front office with all their analytics people and everything they're doing that is still pretty much still ahead of the curve and transplant it to 20th and Blake, you'd have a winning organization that would be downright beloved i mean i'm not saying they'd be number one past the broncos but they would be a very strong number two in this market they probably are number two in this market historically even though they've been so scattershot even though they've never won a division title imagine if the rockies were perennially contending all right that'd be fun imagine what the folks with the tampa bay rays could do with a budget that was at the rockies level which is mid-tier compared to bottom of the barrel down in St. Petersburg. It's yeah. If I could, if I could whip up anything to in baseball, that's what I would do. Just t- say, all right, everyone down at Tropicana field, you're relocating to 20th and Blake done. Yep. 
<laughs> yep, man, that would be fun. That would be fun, that's for sure. Next one coming in from Jason17. And one of the rarest occasions in history, I asked my girlfriend what she wanted me to make for dinner, and immediately she said jalapeno poppers and a burger with beer cheese sauce. Wow, that sounds Ooh. amazing. So naturally, I went to my fridge to see what I had and found my last can of Breckenridge lager and used that to make the beer cheese sauce, and it was delicious, not to mention my homemade jalapeno poppers with cream cheese, mozzarella, cheddar, and some hickory smoked peppered bacon the meal was delicious oh man you are mm. making me hungry jason the only thing that would have made it better would be using hassle cattle ground beef hope this <laughs> makes you guys hungry since i listened to your podcast with green and red chili debate the other day on an eight hour drive in the middle of nowhere and had to suffer a craving of big christmas burrito well, now you're making me suffer jason he says anyways this week's quote comes from brooklyn 99 Thank you, Carlene. Your entire life is garbage, Rosa Diaz. Which fan base most closely represents garbage, the Chargers or the Raiders? The fact that the Chargers only have two to three fans d does, or two to three fans is not a factor. Oh, man, putting us on the spot. Um... I mean, if we're not factoring in the size of the fans, then I guess you do have to go with the Raiders fans. Yeah. Oh boy. I mean, there, there, there are some objectionable characters in every fan base. Um, uh, you'd still have to, you'd still kind of have to say the Raiders, I guess. Yeah. I just, I, yeah. I, I hate doing that because on balance, most fan bases have their great fans and they have their idiots. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, you know, Broncos country has got its, its share of people that you're just like, what the hell? That, that don't reflect very well on Broncos country as a whole. So, yeah, I guess you say the, I guess you say the Raiders, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of loath to do, do that. I am fascinated though, Zach, to see how the Raiders game day fan experience evolves in that gleaming new Elysian stadium down there in Las Vegas, because, the Raiders and Oakland kind of represented a perfect marriage. The stadium was, you know, decrepit, poor plumbing and all that. It, it was very much lived in. You'd walk on the concourse and you'd take in the smell of marijuana mixed in with the smell oh, wow. of burgers on the grill and garlic fries. And uh, it was something that was unlike any, any other. I used to love walking the concourse in Oakland before games. It was one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. Um, I don't know what that vibe is going to be like uh, when you get fans in Vegas later this year. I'm, I'm really, really fascinated to see how that ends up being. Yeah, it, it's really true. And I'll tell you what, uh, in Vegas, there is Raiders stuff everywhere. So that'll make Broncos fans sick when they go on to uh, cheer the Broncos. That, I'll say this to, to Vegas's credit is that the town has taken to the team. And, and we've seen it now. We've seen it now happen with both Vegas teams, both the Golden Knights and the Raiders. The town is really, has really quickly gotten behind them. But what will always work against the Raiders is that Vegas, as everything reopens up, we know what kind of destination city it is. And I don't think they're going to be able to stop 10 to 15,000 or more fans of the other team from coming in pretty much every game. Yeah. I mean, if you're, this isn't, I mean, obviously, I think we'll notice it with the Broncos. And they'll play there every year, but you know, say you're a, say you're a Minnesota Vikings fan. Once every eight years, when Las Vegas comes on the schedule, there you're going to find a way to get to Vegas and watch that game. 
And don't forget also the fans uh, that we can just fly in for the for weekend. But it's close enough to Southern California to where you've got all the, the all the fan all the fans down there that will drive up for that extra chance to see their team. So the town is behind the Raiders, but I think the Raiders are going to walk into that stadium and see a lot more fans wearing opposing colors than they'd like. Yeah. 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 I I agree. That's a, that's a really good point, Mace. And man, that, that would be a good investment for a Raiders fan is to buy season tickets, just sell them to, uh, to opposing fans every week. Yeah. And, and, and it's going to be every week. I mean, you're going to look even fan, even teams that don't have huge fan bases like Jacksonville, you know there are going to be Jaguars fans that fly to Las Vegas to go watch their team play just because of the trip to Vegas. I mean, this is something that they're just going to have to get used to. So Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah. really true. It'll be worse for the Broncos from the Raiders' perspective, but uh, it's, yeah, it, it's going it, to, this is going to be an every week thing there. So, Count Locula, I rarely take umbrage with your collective takes, but the punter slash kicker shade is as cold as a Breck brew from an icy pail. These specialists represent an entire aspect of the game. And in the past five seasons, the Broncos, they've been the sole source of consistent points and reliable game field flipping ability. Not to mention everybody sings the kickers praises when they take care of what the offense couldn't and often win the game. Kickers and punters can act however they damn well. They, however they damn, however damn well they feel. Pardon me. Also, I know Marquette King personally, and he's a sweet punter and a better human love the count. <laughs> well, we'll take your word for it, the count. Um, and hey, we, you know, we used to have a first segment punter talk on this. So we certainly oh. value punters and kickers as, as you very well know, the count. We, I, I think we led the market in Colby Wadman discussion <laughs> back when he was the, the punter. And uh, it's funny, all, all the things that were wrong with the, the Broncos at that point and, um, <sighs> you know what? We were still kind of focused on, on the punters and, and that's okay. The punter a little bit and that's okay. Because I think the thing is we looked and say, all right, you're in Denver, you're punting half your games at 5,280 feet. You know, why, uh, you know, why wouldn't you have great, great punter, a great punter. The other thing with punters and kickers, I think back to when Mike Shanahan had Todd Sauerbrunn and remember how he got suspended for taking ephedra back in 06. Right. And Mike Shanahan's quote was all things be tested for Federer is something you take to lose weight. He's the only guy on the team. I don't care if he's fat. I don't care if he's 30 pounds overweight. All you have to do is punt the ball unquote. And uh, you know, now Todd Sauerbrunn, not a good human being, but uh, I think that sort of said all right there about how a lot of old school football people view punters and kickers when literally the coach says, I don't care if you're fat. <laughs> yeah that is wild <laughs> oh my gosh oh wow i mean just it's like just punt them just just punt the ball i don't care if he's fat i mean that, that, i mean but that's but again we're talking also about how the locker room feels about punters and kickers and you know they're just they're, they're different guy they're different guys different from the the rest of the culture of the locker room with most teams and uh and less unless that kicker or punter is all world, they, they generally don't want to see anything outlandish from the guy at that position. And certainly right. like, like old school people, like it's kind of like, okay, shut up and kick. That's so, <laughs> oh, right. I, I like a little bit of, of wildness and wackiness, but uh, 
I don't think a lot of coaches do. I certainly do not. Next one coming in from Casper. Fellas, how much should we really be concerned with how little Trey Lance has played until now? If he is as smart as they say, then all he needs is time to get up to speed. Let's say he does need to sit for the first year. If he is elite, then you would gladly trade one year of him on the bench for 15 years of no questions at the quarterback position. How say you? Yeah, you're absolutely spot on, Casper. If you could give me that, heck, I'm, I'll sit him for three years if that's if it means 15 years of elite quarterback play after that. You're you're absolutely right. Well, to bring it up a name that uh, arose earlier in the podcast, uh, that's what the Packers are thinking with Jordan Love. That's what that's why they that's why Brian Gutekunst picked him last right. year because he believed that Jordan Love could sit on the bench for a while and then be great. And the Packers certainly are the team in position to feel that way because Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench for three years, 05 through 07. And look what he's done since then. The Packers would happily take that trade. Of course, it was nice that the Packers had Brett Favre sitting ahead of him, just like uh, the Packers are believing that lightning is going to strike again. And, and Aaron Rodgers sitting ahead of Jordan Love means they get great quarterback play now. League MVP quarterback play last year, actually. <laughs> and uh, then get what they believe is great quarterback play in the future for Jordan Love, even though I think they could mend a lot of fences with Aaron Rodgers if they just uh, traded Jordan Love for a pick and a wide receiver and uh, went on their merry way and recommitted to Aaron Rodgers and said, hey, you know, if you want to go host Jeopardy in the off season, that's fine. Do your thing, but we're committed to you for the next six or seven years. Go get them. So, oh boy, <laughs> yeah. That's that's gonna. You know what? Looming over the whole quarterback thing. If the if the Broncos don't get Fields or Lance or Jones in the next five days, what lurks over it is the fact that if you can trade down and accumulate picks maybe get a first round pick for next year if the Packers decide okay the time is now for Jordan Love and we're moving on then the Broncos actually have the ability to put together a deal that could get them Aaron Rodgers yeah man would that be crazy if the Packers went that route yeah and that to me that if the Broncos don't get one of these quarterbacks that's why the next best solution is asset accumulation for 2022 to be able to put together a deal that yeah, it might take three or four first round picks, but then you've got an extra one sitting there for 2022 and you're able to, to make that kind of trade to get a guy who probably should still be elite for another, for another few to several years here and has shown every indication that he wants to go as long as Tom Brady does just as long as he can host Jeopardy in the off season as he hopes. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's tell you a little bit about our friends over at Illegal Pete's. I'm going there for lunch today. Illegal Pete's is back, and we are so pumped to have them on board again. As you all know, the pandemic shut down a lot of restaurants last year, and for a little while, Illegal Pete's was one of them. They've been back in action for a while now. We couldn't be happier to promote them. There are a lot of great things happening at all six Illegal Pete's locations. For example, our friend Adam Mares, of course, over covering the Nuggets, eats at Illegal Pete's at least once a week. Be sure to ask him what is the best thing on the menu. There's one Illegal Pete's location just blocks from the DMVR bar. So you know what? If you plan your time in Denver right, you can have lunch at Illegal Pete's, dinner at the DNVR bar, walk around, just take it, take it all in, and you're supporting uh, DNVR. 
the Lodo location. It's reopened in a new spot with bigger indoor and outdoor space. It's on the corner of Wazi and 16th, which is close to both Ball Arena and Coors Field. All locations have breakfast until 1 o'clock Friday and Sunday. Uh, the Lodo location has breakfast every day, which is breakfast burritos, tacos, bowls, breakfast quesadillas and nachos. Happy hour at all locations from 3 to 6 p.m. every day. A dollar off all drafts, off all house and coin style margaritas. $20 for a party margarita. A buck off a large chips and queso or large chips and, and guac. Free chips and salsa if you're, drink, if you're drinking at the bar. Don't forget about at what they do with fish. I am a huge fan of the fish burrito. Every time I go to Legal Pizza, I get a fish burrito. Uh, it's something that you can't find at uh, other burrito spots. It's part of what separates Legal Pizza from the other guys in the market. It is tremendous. And you know what? They also care about their staff. They pay a living wage to all employees starting at 15 bucks an hour plus tips. Uh, their employees get free food and drink on the shift. They're discounted food off-duty. They have a 401k matching plan, paid time off for all employees, an office option for health insurance for all full-time employees. So you can go to Legal Pizza and know that you're supporting a quality organization, a quality business that does right by its, its people. So check out our friends over at Illegal Pizza. And if you're going to have what I have, make sure you have a fish burrito. You will not be disappointed. Oh man, their fish tacos over at Illegal Pete's are outstanding. Mm. I would never think of getting a fish taco at a place like Illegal Pete's, and I'm oh. so happy that someone recently turned me on to them. They are tremendous. Oh. Zach, one of the things that I missed desperately about uh, Seattle, where I lived about 20 years ago, was as I left there, it was harder and harder to find fish burritos, fish tacos, and uh, Illegal Pete's. That just it just warmed my heart, and that and it remind it, it's as good of a fish burrito or a fish taco as you're going to get at some at some place a lot closer to the ocean, and I think that that's a credit to what they do over in Legal Pete's. And uh, I, man, I cannot wait to have a fish burrito for lunch today. I'm I'm I was hungry. I'm even hungrier now. I'm dying just thinking about it. And of course, they have the best queso out there. And speaking of the yep. best, our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee are the best, but they haven't been feeling the love lately. You guys have been letting them down, which means you're letting us down. They're our longest and most loyal partner to date. And Strava Craft Coffee has not felt the love from you guys. So what they did was they upped the ante. They're giving you a new code, which gets you the biggest discount that they've offered. DNVR25 gets you 25% off off your first order of Strava Craft coffee. And we love Strava Craft coffee. In fact, we have it on tap uh, at the DNVR bar. So if you want to try one glass, well, head over to the DNVR bar, try a glass of Strava Craft coffee on tap. It is absolutely delicious. And of course, not only delicious coffee, but it punches that CBD, uh, which helps relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on, it helps relieve. A lot of people say it also helps relieve the coffee jitters. So you can have as many cups of coffee as you want without feeling the jitters. So head over to their website now. Check out all they have to offer. I love the marshmallow flavor. They have so many good flavors as well. So check them out. Use the code DNVR25 at checkout to get 25% off. And then after that, 
make sure to subscribe to them and you'll receive 20% off every single order after that. And you can also have it sent to your doorstep every two, four, six, eight weeks or whatever uh, amount you want. They can have it scheduled just to arrive straight to your door. So you don't have to worry about ordering it because you will love this coffee and will want it often. So make sure to check them out over at Strava Craft Coffee and use that magical code DNVR25. Also check out our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company and they brought you, you know, they brought you damn good beef. We've been talking about damn good beer for a while, but Hassle's going to deliver to you damn good beef. And it's so damn good that you can now get Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar. That's right. We couldn't resist putting this damn good beef in the bar. So you can come on down and build your own delicious Hassle Cattle Wagyu beef burger with all the toppings you want. Enjoy the watch parties with the finest Wagyu beef, that blue collar Wagyu, of course, I think it's so good that you don't need a lot of toppings. You can just go lettuce, tomato, slice of cheese, some raw onion, boom, you're set. That's all, that's all you need. Let the flavor of that blue-collar Wagyu beef from Hassel Cattle Company wash over your tongue and down your gullet. It's good stuff. Hassel Cattle Company, of course, is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. They're a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas and ships all over the USA and straight to your door. And they call their beef the blue collar Wagyu, like I mentioned earlier. Why? Because the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassel has Wagyu smoked sauces, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu franks with no fillers, and two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. Their hamburger, one Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. We love the beef, and the country loves their beef. They take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, which gives you that very high prime product grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So head on over to HasselCattleCompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. Use that magical code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. And if you get that order to $200, you're going to have free shipping. So $200 with the magical code DNVR10, you're going to get $20 off and you're going to get free shipping. So really you're getting like $40. 50 bucks off basically once you factor in shipping costs and that's a great deal you may say okay i don't have i don't need that much beef right now well you got a freezer right stick some in your freezer and then when you walk into your kitchen and say i've got nothing to eat for dinner well fret not because you're going to have some of that extra hassle cattle company beef or steak sitting right there in your freezer you thaw it you pop it on the grill it's going to be a phenomenal meal. So check out our friends over at HassleCattleCompany.com. H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. Use that code DNVR10, get 10% off and get that order 200 bucks and get free shipping. You will not be disappointed. And we will not be disappointed by the comments coming to us. Next one coming in from Mutiny27. Might be an unpopular opinion here, but if someone like Zach Wilson can come and knock of knock fields out of the number two QB spot for this year's draft, why should we sell the farm to get him? I understand Zach looks like he's going to be great, but there was little buzz about him until recently. At this point, it feels like the new iPhone is out and everybody's lining up to grab one, even though it's the same phone with a new camera team android by the way (laughs) yeah um you know what the thing you have to take into consideration is this maybe zach wilson is qb2 for the jets and that's fine but if justin fields is your qb2 what difference does it make how things go at the top of the draft what difference does it make that for some teams zach wilson became qb2 
It, it, it shouldn't. And Mace, I do think Zach Wilson is going to be the second overall pick, but from what I've heard within the Broncos and other organizations is he's not this consensus number right. two overall quarterback in teams boards. Now, some teams he certainly is there too, but not all teams. In fact, all four or all three of us, we had Zach Wilson, I think at three or four. Yeah. We, we all had him at four in our rankings. And I think that kind of closely, closely resembles what, what some teams have around the league. Right. And, uh, and I think that's, fa- that's fair. I mean, look, we may find out that, uh, San Francisco had Mac Jones as QB too. Yeah. And I mean, certainly it's been interesting to kind of hear, uh, the buzz about how like the Niners are down to, to Jones and Lance, but, you know, start, you know, Michael Silver, for example, uh, of NFL network is, uh, he's leaning toward, uh, He's leaning toward Mac Jones being the 49ers guy. So there's, there are different flavors. There's something, there's really something for everybody in this quarterback class, including the overwhelming generational stud at the top of the draft. And could you imagine Zach a year ago, thinking about this draft and having so little chatter about Trevor Lawrence, because it's just such a fait accompli that, Mm -hmm. We haven't really talked about him, even though something I actually just went back and watched a couple. I, I watched a, one of Trevor Lawrence's games this weekend, in part because I was I was looking for a little more on Travis Etienne. You step back and appreciate that Trevor Lawrence is an amazing prospect, that right. he really is the kind of prospect <laughs> that comes along once a decade. And, you know, he's going to Jacksonville. He'll probably do very well. I think his floor is being about the 10th or 12th best quarterback in the league on a perennial basis, which means he's going to be around for a long time. He's a hell of a prospect, but because of every of how everything else shook out, there's been so little talk about him, but he is a, he is a truly transcendent potential quarterback. Oh yes, he yeah. is. He is. And, and it's, he's been overlooked because everyone right. just knows how good he is. Right. It, it, but it's, it's hilarious that I think there is less talk about the number one pick overall in this draft than I've ever seen in all my years covering the draft. And yeah. it's because it's just so, it, it's so locked in. You could have, you could have put it in Sharpie before the, before the season was over. Once the jets beat the Browns and you knew that, the Jaguars were going to have that number one overall pick. It's like, okay, it's Trevor Lawrence. That's it. I mean, it's, it's yeah. hilarious. It didn't even, <laughs> yeah. they didn't have a coach and we knew who they didn't have a coach and we knew who their draft pick was going to be. That's how hysterical this is. Yeah. How wild is that? That's a great point, Mace. Yeah. <laughs> TK freeze. For, yeah. Oh, sorry. that's where we are. That's where we are. Oh no, wait, yep. I skipped, I skipped one. Didn't I? Oh, from D Bronk. He says, oh, what do you think bad. Elway would do if he was in charge of the Broncos first round on Thursday? I don't think we'd be talking quarterback um, because I think Elway got gun shy after Paxton Lynch and uh, is just afraid to go in that first round quarterback. Well, I think he wanted to do it for Drew Locke, but held off and was rewarded for holding off. And I don't think he would, I don't think he would do it. So I think we'd be talking trade back if there was a quarterback on the board. And if not, I think the Broncos would be drafting the first defensive player. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, I don't think this would be the same conversation. And I, I also, and I think they'd take the first defensive player. And I also don't think they'd be trading down. I, I think they'd, uh, I think they'd stand pat and you'd probably, and you'd probably be looking at, um, 
I think they'd go uh, Patrick Sertan the second. Yeah. We've seen nine. John Elway's always okay with adding more cornerbacks. Yep. Egg rushers and corners. And in fact, given the fact that the Broncos have been better at picking defensive guys than quarterbacks, for example, I wonder what positions George Payton put John Elway on. Yeah. My guess is I wouldn't be surprised if it's not the quarterback position. Well, or maybe he did, but it's sort of like, okay, um, I'll take it into account, but you're not kind of following the advice perhaps. <laughs> right. I right. mean, and, and you know what? Maybe John Elway is somebody who, as an evaluator, is simply better at evaluating guys that he's that he, from his quarterback perspective, would be going against. I mean, part of the thing with uh, Von Miller back in 2011, remember uh, when he and others with the Broncos talked about expecting Von Miller to be another Derek Thomas, and right. John remembered what kind of havoc Derek Thomas wreaked on him when their careers aligned. And uh, it was a great pick. Mm-hmm. And that certainly that, that was a, that was a good instinct. That was a correct instinct on, on saying, okay, who's the guy that I don't want to face. And maybe that's John Elway's strength as an evaluator is in looking at defensive guys from a quarterback's perspective and saying, who do I least want to see? That's the guy I want on my team. Yep. Yep. Bradley so, Chubb's been a been a been a great pick. I mean, uh, you can debate. Okay, maybe they should have picked quarterback, but Bradley Chubb is already playing is already playing at a high level. Um, yeah, great Derek, player. Der- maybe not the best pick. Right, Derek Wolf, very good pick in the second round of 2012 when they traded down a little bit. Um, a lot of you got value from guys like Dane Trevathan, got that and. Uh, Malik Jackson as well. Justin Simmons has been a good pick in the third round. Now that the Broncos haven't missed on some defensive spots, but there are plenty of hits over there. And it's why the Broncos have been kind of a defensive oriented team for the last several years, because uh, they've been able to continually restock. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So maybe that, maybe that's just, maybe John's strength is seeing it as who do I not want to have on the opposite side. And if I don't want to face him as a quarterback, that's the guy I want on my D. Right. And that could be the way that, that he approaches it. Maybe George Payton will say, what quarterback do I not want to play again? So Justin Fields. Okay. Let's make sure he's a Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps TK freeze. My boys. Oh, how I've missed you. Time's been crazy this past weekend. I finally got up the courage and asked my girlfriend to be my wife. We're hey, engaged. Congratulations, hey, congratulations, TK. We live in West Texas and love Colorado. So we planned a honeymoon in Colorado since traveling outside the United States can be so expensive. When discussing our honeymoon, she said, oh, oh, we can go meet RK, Zach, and Mason, have a drink at that bar when we land. That was legit the first thing she said. Gosh, dang, I love that woman. Well, you know what? We, we love her too because yes. if that's, oh my gosh, you've got to keep her. If your girlfriend, now your fiance, for all of you listening, or your spouse or your significant other says, hey, I, I want to go to Denver and go to that bar. Oh, my. Hey, that's the one right there. You got yourself a winner. Oh, that is so cool. Well, tell her congratulations for us as well, TK. And we can't wait to see you on your honeymoon. Hey, that'd be awesome. Congratulations. Anyway, here is my latest draft feeling slash prediction. One, Lawrence. Two, Wilson. Three, Trey Lance. Four, Pitts. Five, 
Jamar Chase, six, Devontae Smith slash Jalen Waddle. Not sure which, but I think in Alabama, or as my daughter would say, Alabama. She says it like Forrest Gump does for some reason when he's yelling. <laughs> Thinks an Alabama wide receiver will be the pick. And seven, after a draft ball, the Broncos trade up to seven and draft quarterback Justin Fields, Ohio State. Also, I think Detroit trades down again at nine with a team who wants McCorkle Jones. Anyway, thanks for reading. What do you guys think? Can't wait to talk the draft all week. Happy draft week, gentlemen. Ah, happy draft week. Congratulations to you. What a week this is going to be for you, TK Freeze. And I think you're you're hot right now with this. I think you're spot on on what could potentially happen. Uh, I think you potentially nailed it uh, on what could happen. And, you know, I think uh, we would certainly love if it included that trade up to seven to get Justin Fields. And, and you know, an Alabama receiver going to play with Tua in Miami makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah, that's that is absolutely Ah, that's tremendous. And uh, yeah, it does make sense for Miami uh, to get one of those Alabama receivers. The interesting thing, though, if you have uh, the Broncos maybe moving up to six, does do, do the Dolphins think they can get Smith or Waddle at pick nine? I'd say they probably think they can get one of those two yeah. with the ninth slot, especially if Jamar Chase goes off the board at pick number five, still leaving uh, two Alabama receivers and one of them likely to drop to nine just based on what other teams might do. Yeah, I agree. Next one coming in from Drew for QB. How would you guys feel in these scenarios drafting a quarterback? One, trade up to four, get Lancer Fields, but give two first rounders, one second and a third. I would like it. Uh, I don't think that's an option that the Broncos are going to do, though, but I would be okay with it. Exactly. GM Mace would do it. GM Zach would do it. GM George Payton, I think, would pass on this. Exactly. Two, trade up to seven, but only Mac and Fields are available and give up a first and a second next year. So, so we're ta- I think in these deals, we're talking about the first round pick being nine, right? So basically it's, mm, it's nine and a second okay. for se- for the second round pick, right? Because sure. That, let, let's do that because I think that's more realistic and I, I would love this. And I think that'd be a good trade. I think that'd be a good trade as well. I think it'd be a fair trade. Now, I think one of the things that you would see happen here is if this deal happened, Drew, for QB, then George Payton would try to get a day three pick back to kind of just balance the scales a little bit. just to And also to say, to make sure that you've got two, you got two picks outgoing and then two picks incoming. So I could see Payton doing this and getting back a fourth round pick next year as well. Sure. Yeah, I could see that as well and just accumulate some picks in there. Three, stay at nine and get Mac Jones. I would like this. I would love this. And I think that the Broncos, I think this is a little more of a possibility than I've thought in the past. I think, yeah, this is one where I thought the Bronco for a while, the Broncos might pass. Now, I think they'd, I think they'd be okay. I think they'd be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think so. But uh, mm-hmm. the question is, but the question is, would Mac Jones be available? Right. We'll yeah. find out soon. And four, he says trade back to mid twenties, then draft Mond or Newman in the second or third. We'll get two firsts and a third. So they Broncos get an additional first and a third round pick for moving back into the mid twenties. Okay. They're getting, so that, that means they're, they're getting a, a first round pick next year, perhaps a third, a third rounder. And hmm, 
I think if they did that, though, they wouldn't be drafting Kellen Mond or Jamie Newman. I think they'd be turning around with uh, perhaps that uh, third round pick, maybe one later, trading for Teddy Bridgewater, trying to get that contract down a little skosh and calling it a day. Yeah, I want the quarterback in the first round, but mm. if let's say they're all gone and Broncos didn't want to give up as much mm. uh, to get them, I think trading down and picking up an extra first would be good. But don't you you lost me at drafting Jamie mm. Newman or yeah. Kellen Mond. The the Broncos already have a day two quarterback. If they if they want that, they should just roll with Drew and and Adam mm. Veteran with him. So yeah, case, I, I agree. Would really not like to not see that uh, day two pick used on a QB. Yeah, I'm that way as well. I wouldn't mind if you get in the, if if Jamie Newman drops to round four, I I think I'd be okay uh, with rolling the dice there. But at least we're talking about Mond or Newman. These are guys that have some traits and some upside and also some mobility. Um, I'm really cool on Davis Mills and Kyle Trask because they're below average in mobility. Kyle Trask doesn't really have good uh, feel for the pass rush as well. When I watch Mills and Trask, I feel like I'm watching quarterbacks who would have flourished a couple of day, decades earlier, but aren't really in tune with what you want today. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Next one coming in from our guy, LDJ. He says, it's draft week. Yay. Just wanted to say I'm excited and I'll be in the YouTube comments. No other media outlet ever, ever embodied what a fan feels like on draft night, like Ryan and you guys did when we drafted Jerry Judy. I can't stress that enough. We all thought after February in college football championship, Jerry Judy was a top five pick, but draft season happens. People start overanalyzing and boom, hashtag we got him. I got chocolate wasted in my quarantine at home wearing my godfather fangio dnvr shirt and that awesome broncos country draft hat i'm ready and crossing my fingers that people overthink justin fields he falls to the broncos and fields is overlooked like deshaun watson was can't wait for your show guys p.s your coverage was phenomenal of the draft like seriously from the beginning to the end andre and henry covering the whole afc west draft as well because the awesome thing about the draft is for every jerry judy there's a hidden gem like Natani Muti. And when we drafted him and how geeked on Andrew was, I watched film that day on him and my mind exploded. You guys did an awesome job, seriously, last year. Thank you so much, LDJ. We cannot wait for what we have in store for you guys this week. Yeah, appreciate LDJ. And you know what else I can't wait for is to see Natani Muti on the practice field and see yes. how far he's come. I can't, I can't wait for full pads at training camp this summer and seeing uh, him continue to develop it. Zach, I think that Muti, when he gets out there, we might be sitting there this summer saying, you might, you got to find a spot for him somehow, some way. Yep. He might yep. be, he might do so well that he demands playing time. Like not, I'm not saying like says play me or trade me. I'm talking about the level of his play might demand more than just being a versatile swing backup this year. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that, yeah. that may be the replacement for Lloyd Cushenberry, not Natani Muti playing center, but Graham Glasgow sliding over to center and Moody taking his spot at right guard. Yep. Dan Burke. Hey guys, this is an Asante Samuel Jr. Stan account until further notice. How do y'all feel about him? Where would you be comfortable drafting? him? I know we, I know I addressed him last week a little bit. Uh, the more I've watched of him, the more I've, uh, I've had my fears about him transitioning from 
being a man guy in cover in coverage at Florida State to a working in Vic Fangio's zone zone scheme, my fears have been allayed. I think he's going to make he's going to make that transition. Has all the has all the physical tools you want, but the reason why I think he makes that transition effectively is you see it in his play. He's a very smart corner. He he plays like the son of a great cornerback. Like he's just like he spent his entire lifetime learning the position and uh, that's something that really intrigues me uh, about uh, Asante Samuel Jr. is just what he's picked up. He, he comes to the NFL with a more advanced technical understanding of the cornerback position. I think he's going to be ready to contribute right away. I think so too, Mason. And I was worried about what you were going to say about yeah. him because I, I love Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah. And he's not going to be the Broncos pick at nine, of course. If they trade back in the first, I don't think he's going to be their pick. If somehow, some way he falls to 40, that would be phenomenal pick for the Broncos right there. Man, you get quarterback round one, cornerback round two, and Asante Samuel Jr., that would be huge. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go late first round uh, or the beginning of the second before the Broncos. But, Dan, I'm right there with you, man. I, I'm a big fan of his. Next one and last one coming in from Beham Bronco. Hey, guys, reposting my question from last week since y'all got so distracted by enchilada sauce. And, and and Beham Bronco, if we ever miss one of your guys' comments, it is not personal. I can guarantee it. And just a reminder, we don't read comments that are left on Thursday's pod because we do the three-ring circus on Friday. So if that ever happens, just repost the comment, and we will read it on the next podcast. So thank you for doing that, Beham. And, and, and this week is going to be a bit different, of course, in terms of podcasts and everything because of the draft. So um, the, the best way to get comments in, in is going to be just simply – joining the live show and, uh, and, and putting them in there. We'll try to get to as many as possible, but realistically we might, it might be after our last show of draft weekend, post your comments in there and we're going to get to probably a whole mess of them heading into next Monday's podcast as well. So this is going to be a, a little bit different because of the, of the draft this week. So just bear with us, please. Exactly. And yeah. so he says, which positions could you see a rookie starting at for this year besides court? quarterback and right tackle safety but that's just because the depth there is so scant that you figure okay kareem jackson if, if he misses a few games or if justin simmons gets hurt there's a clear path to playing time if one of the safeties gets hurt and that's why i think uh, as you get into day two uh, i i really expect to see a safety uh, go to the Broncos. Um, and if not, I think they uh, turn around and they bring back someone like Will Parks perhaps to make sure they've got enough, uh, enough depth to cover them. But uh, just kind of look, it's just looking at where injuries might strike and what the, and what the depth situation is, you know, for example, on the defensive line, a, it's not a good D line class B you just signed Shamar Stephen and you've got McTelvin Najim coming back. So, there's not a, a real path to starting because you're behind two, two backups outside linebacker. For example, you got Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller, but then you've got uh, Malik Reed. Who's kind of going to be the first guy in if something happens to either of the eggs rushers inside linebacker. There's a, there's a path there, but the path is currently uh, blocked by Justin Sternod, who's likely going to be the primary backup there, but uh, safety depth looks shallow enough to where, I'd say I could see a rookie getting some starts 
just because the chances of having both your safeties healthy for all 16 games is slim. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Mace, about, about your safeties. Uh, I would say week one, though, not accounting mm-hmm. for injuries, uh, would be inside linebacker mm-hmm. if they go that route. A JOK yeah. could, could take that role right away. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think you outlined some other positions as well there. And, man, this has been a blast, Mace. We are ready to rock and roll. We're going to have great coverage for you guys all week. And before we get out of here, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, one more time. They're the new Urban Online university with learning outcomes that are equivalent to -to face-to-face classes which is unheard of at at other universities but msu denver delivers they have great gen eds taught by real people great completion options full programs and the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation they're the preeminent online university in the rocky mountain region whether it's online or on campus it's all the same to them their students do just as well in their online courses as they do in person which means you get the exact same degree while continuing to live your life so check them out over at msu denver online well mace that'll do it for us today thank you all so much for tuning in we'll be rocking and rolling with you guys tomorrow we are just three days away from the draft we cannot wait for it and thank you guys so much for rolling with us let's let pleasure horse play us out into the week have a great week guys thank you how long has it been since you rolled out the truck and took a country drive Take you back one last time down the cotton.